No, I'm not Kevin. What's the li- line? Hi, I'm Jack. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is good company in the car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by, the men folks stand in grow. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Okay. Okay, so you told me... Are you me, talking? You're uh, talking? Yes, I'm starting. Okay. <laughs> I'm probably going to edit out that big sniffle, but... That one? And I'll edit that one out, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking when you said your cousin Joe's birthday in Hawaii. Yes. And um, I, you could play dumb because you were you missed it and you were sending him birthday wishes today. Oh, my God. You're not going to Well, what you, you can do, what you could do is be like, I thought it was Hawaii. Your birthday was today because isn't today tomorrow in Hawaii? You could just play dumb. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> no, no, no. I I didn't forget it. I just forgot it. I because I'm like, oh, I gotta send him his birthday. I know it's his birthday. I know it's his birthday. And you really, you're very fond of him. And he's kind of over living in Hawaii, which yeah, listeners like, to me that yeah, sounds like impossible. But and, uh, I went to visit. So during my oh, we were just talking about Key West too. So yeah. During my that unfortunate situation that the good company in the car listeners know about, where I did something really wrong and I got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I got I got a big slap on the hand and I wasn't able to work for. 30 days because of that and because i was uh uh finding i wasn't doing so bad financially yeah you decided to take advantage of the downtime and you went to key west well (laughs) no i went to hawaii first Oh, okay and then i'm in hawaii and i was there for uh, i went for like a long weekend so uh, friday saturday sunday monday that's a hell of a long way to go for four days not i mean it was an easy flight i don't know it wasn't so bad so and then and in Hawaii and I got to see my cousin and got to do Hawaii with Honolulu specifically and it was really nice and everything and then I got back and because I had time to kill and I you know I was like well there's nothing else for me to do so I booked a flight I'd never been to Key West I went to Key West yeah <laughs> and it was cool because the hotel had bikes and I was able to ride the bikes around because I couldn't drive. And uh, it was all, it all worked out really well. And I really, I, I, I really enjoyed it, but it was like, so I always say that it's the most decadent place. I mean, the food is rich, the booze is everywhere. There's sex, drugs, and rock and roll on every corner. It was just, uh, it was just St. Key West was just like the, I don't know, like the wild West kind of a thing. I don't know. It was kind of bizarre about the whole thing. One thing that people in Hawaii and Key West uh, have in common is if you are there for too long, you want to get the hell out of there. I know that um, Pam's friend, uh, who lived there for years and years and years, she was like, oh, locals here. Eventually, you, you just you have to go up to Miami or something just to get oh, off of Key, Key West. West. And people in... Um, I don't think Native Hawaiians so much, but um, people like your cousin who have moved there, yeah. they get an antsy yeah, for yeah, yeah, being yeah. on the same... Just And also, the same, because you know. he moved there, he's not a local, so he's not exactly always treated well. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the other thing about Key West, and I don't know if the statistic is still true, but it was many years ago, that... There, Key West had more alcoholics. Yeah, that, like, I think that statistical is true that today. So true? People who move to Key West become alcoholics. Yeah, because it's just that's part of the culture. It's we had a guy at the Elks who had a raging um, drinking problem move to Key West to try to sober up. Oof! How do you think that went? Oof! Oh, yeah. that's not good. Mm-hmm. And it's so pretty and everything, and it's it's interesting to look at the property values because. Like the property values, the houses are 
simple. I yeah. mean, I'm not saying that there aren't nice houses there, but mm-hmm. like some of those, like in the in the quote Key West desired area, those are not elaborate homes. No, these and they're a couple very, of million dollars. Yes, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. So, um, yeah, those real estate prices are criminal. It's just coaching. Get it? Oh, here we go. Segway. You weren't going to do it. Segway King. You weren't going to do it. <laughs> okay, okay. So, say that again, Kevin. Those real estate prices were criminal. Criminal? Criminal as in murder. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm uh, groaning. It, uh, good company in the it's car. Terrible. I know. I'm groaning. But yeah. hey, he's segueing better than I would because I, I just there, babble on. Yeah. <laughs> so this is um, uh, it's a web only, a YouTube only series called True Crime Daily. True Crime Daily. And it doesn't have an episode. Um, but you just need to type in. Bride kills husband eight days after wedding, and this will come up. <laughs> and just that alone. And that kind of gives it away it, to you. <laughs> you know, because it's almost it's almost disheartening, like, because immediately, okay, before we get into anything, okay, they get married, and and, sh- and the, the, the husband is killed eight days after wedding. And I'm like, well, there's so many. She was, we, one of them was screwing around. There was money. There was, a- yeah. oh, listen, kids. Now let's get there. Wait till get- <laughs> we get into this one. So the wedding occurred on June 30th, 2013. And it's Cody Johnson and Jordan Graham. We're in Kalispell, Montana, Ugh. which is the gateway to Glacier National Park. Oof. And it's in the uh, extreme northwest of Montana, I don't, a state that is so incredibly remote. I don't even know how anybody I, lives there. I don't, yeah, I, I can't. I'm not saying I wouldn't enjoy a visit. I'd like to see it, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. And yeah. they, they say there's nobody in Montana. There are, there are people in Wyoming, there's nobody in Montana. Isn't it like Idaho and Montana? Like there's like vast areas of unpopulated I think Idaho space? is like New York City compared to these oh. two. <laughs> Yeah, okay. yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> and um, so this all happened in the summer of 2013. True Crime Daily filmed this in the winter of 2015, and it's awful. At one point, the irony of seeing the Dairy Queen in the middle of January advertising their Try Our New Blizzard in a oh, literal snowstorm. You really can barely funny. make it out. Well, I mean, think about it. If the weather's so cold most of the time... You know, mm. you might as well, you know, hey, we got a new new flavor. Come try it. Oh, jeez. So the subjects of this week's episode are the aforementioned Cody Johnson. He was 24 and Jordan Graham was 21. Now, I want you to say that again, please, Kevin. Cody was 24 and Jordan was 21. 24 and 21. Right. So 24. I can't imagine being... First of all, I can't, I, I'm not responsible. I mean, they were teenagers They're, like last week. T- exactly. Exactly. So so this, okay, tell the story. Okay. Oof. Well, they met at church, and we don't know what the denomination was, but I'm thinking it might be Church of Latter-day Saints, but I'm just speculating. Yeah, but there's no, because everybody was really nice. Yeah. Everybody was really nice, but there was no, yeah, there yeah, was they, no mention they, of the didn't church. didn't mention, I, I couldn't find it out on any research that you or I did. Cody immediately fell head over heels for Jordan, and he told his mom, that she was going to be the one he wanted to marry. And this is Tracy Manis. She's a family friend. Cody was really looking forward to getting married. Um, he loved children and couldn't wait to have his own. And he thought Jordan was the one for him. So Jordan was really looking forward to having children of his own. We see video of him playing with kids, and he just seems good like kid, that goofy uncle you would have when you were a kid. I think he was a mechanic. He was. Yes, he was a mechanic. Um, so while they 
seemingly in love. They both have very different interests. Um, this is Jeremiah Herbold. He is Cody's best friend talking about their shared love of race cars. Is that what you call it? Car racing, race cars? Yeah. Okay. He uh, really liked cars. That's where both of us really spent a lot of our time. And He enjoyed guns, shooting guns. But most of all, he liked to make people happy. And he was really good at doing it, too. So as outgoing and energetic as Cody was, Jordan was the introverted, bookish, kind of into religion. And and she, most importantly, I think, didn't believe in sex before marriage. Which is is really, okay. It's principled. You have to respect it. I get it. it. I get it. Do you? Well, because, (laughs) no, I'm going to say that (laughs) she is a pretty girl. Yeah. I mean, she's not, uh, uh, a small town, very, very pretty girl. For a small town, she's a very, very, you know, they say, you know, a a, a small town 10, a New York 6, you know, that kind of thing. She was a small town 10. She's a small town, she's a small town 9 or 10. She was a pretty girl. She used religion for social life for Mm -hmm. everything yeah now the the way the way there's no sex before marriage thing Mm -hmm. now this has nothing to do with anything this is completely just 100 percent my little thing you know there are people usually women who have a it's a it's a they can't have they don't want sex they can't have they don't want to have they're afraid of it yeah yeah and i'm thinking by the way it was described maybe she was like that she may have been i i don't know that's not what i got out of this but i i do i but i We'll get there. Okay. But I mean, it's never... Well, okay, go ahead. So now we meet Hannah Owens, and it says friend in her lower third, but it should say former friend. Right, yeah. And her journey over this episode is a big one. I think she's... Well, here's Hannah. We just all did a whole bunch of stuff. She watched my son. I trusted her with my son. They bonded, builded a huge relationship. So now we immediately start hearing about how lopsided the relationship is. Cody is super committed to Jordan, always wants to be with her, but Jordan couldn't care less. She was putting nothing into the relationship. When they made dates, Jordan would bring along friends, and she was just as checked out. Her uh, Hannah couldn't, couldn't describe how checked out she was better than she did. Here we go. He put a lot into the relationship that she didn't put back. He always wanted to hang out with her, and she would always make an excuse not to. He was madly in love with her. She, on the other hand, was distant towards him. They would go on dates and she would bring company. I never seen them hold hands. When we are get-togethers, I never seen them kiss. I never seen them flirt. It doesn't make sense. So why would he... So he was... Kind of, it was. I felt like he was chasing her and she was like, well, I got nothing better going on. Well, maybe, maybe that was you, the thing. That was why it was semi-appealing to her because she was being chased. Being, being pursued. And Kalispell's fairly small, I'm assuming. Yeah. There might not a lot been a lot going on but and he they, wasn't but they said I mean, that he was, he was a, a church guy so they were like this you know he sounded like a good idea on paper right i guess but he seemed like a decent guy he like, was he, you know like they showed the pictures of the houses and a birthday mm-hmm. and everything's neat you know what i mean it's like we're not everybody ta- we're everybody not had nice things to like, say about cody we're not talking like the house looks like it could be a set for a bad mood no no everything about the this guy he seemed, looked like a wholesome well-meaning dude thank you Bravo, you and your big vocabulary. Wholesome. <laughs> that is the perfect word. He looked wholesome. Yeah, there. he's a good, good Montana boy. 
So, my, my, wait, Wyoming. Wyoming. So everyone is pretty surprised that after a year of dating, I wonder how many times people say I'm from Wyoming and then it's Montana. Is it Montana or is it Wyoming? I get those two confused all the time. <laughs> there was a guy in our office. Well, if you he live was, there, you're not He kidding. was from Montana, and I was always asking him about how things are going back in Wyoming. And after a few years, he just humored me and said, fine. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> everyone is pretty surprised that after a year of dating, Cody proposes marriage, and she says yes. Most of her friends say they just didn't think it was a good idea. I didn't think that she would say yes. Was she even attracted to him? I don't believe so. So was she interested in the idea of being married? I think she liked the idea of being married and having a wedding. I don't think she really wanted to, per se. So they think she liked the idea of marriage and having children, but probably just not with Cody. But for some reasons, she said yes. And this is where the kind of the pathology of the relationship starts. That's what I was saying about before. It's like the concept. Like It's like, well, she doesn't want a husband. She wants the wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, you, have so you ever, the idea of it. Right. But have you ever seen, like they used to do Oprah shows on this. Mm-hmm. There would be a woman that would come on the show and she had her wedding planned. Mm-hmm. And she was single. And she's just looking for someone to play the role. Right. Yeah. So there's no, so so I, I I'm not saying that that's what, this girl did but he was into her right and she was like oh party mm-hmm. yeah so you have a what's the one thing you talk about you like the idea of it but you know the oh uh, having an rv Having an RV. right frank frank <laughs> frank's like do not get an rv you'll never clean the shit tank you won't you, you you won't like it You're, you think it's going to be all fun and it, the place is going to clean itself magically and the toilet's going to clean itself and there won't be all this debris building up and i'm here to tell you and you can't dispose of an RV and get a new one. It doesn't work like that. It's not like a hotel room. The the, the, the mystical idea of driving cross country in your I own little apartment it. just seems, sounds so cool. And the same thing goes with sailing. You are just not made for that oh, stuff. Oh, God. I know. I, I recognize that. I recognize that. Yeah, sailing. This is the maid of honor, Kimberly Martinez. She is the maid of honor. And she, goes, she too, goes on a long journey. Really? Here she is talking about Jordan and the upcoming wedding. She was excited for the planning part, I think, um, not the actual wedding. Whenever that would come up, she would get kind of irritated. So Jordan would like to talk about the venue. She liked to talk about the placemats and the flowers and this. But when Kimberly wanted to talk about the actual wedding ceremony and what was Cody going to be doing and everything, she'd get really irritable. She didn't want to talk about the actual wedding ceremony. She just liked talking about getting the wedding together. So again, I think we're zeroing in. She liked the idea of it. And I'm going to have a wedding and then I'll, I'll, you know, and I think in her heart of hearts, she's probably second guessing because when the actual wedding day arrives, June 30th, the wedding guests are appalled by what they see. Isn't that horrible to think that that you go there and you're seeing this? Yeah, let Hannah describe what they're seeing. She was kind of like shaking her head, like just in just bawling, like hysterically down the aisle. And when she got up there, she didn't look at him in the eyes. She was standing there holding his hand and she was looking down at the ground the whole time. I started to panic a little bit watching her and her face just looked like something was going to happen. So she's literally sobbing as she walks down the aisle. And you can see that in the little snippet of home video. She's not looking at him. She's looking at the pastor. She's looking at the ground. She's crying. And it gets worse. At the wedding reception, they are dancing to a song that Jordan herself has recorded and sung. I would love. It's the biggest red flag in the world. And the lyrics are, well, Hannah will tell us what the lyrics are about. 
This is foreshadowing for sure. And it was talking about how you climb to a higher place and then you fall, but you're still mine. So yeah, it's all what? about going, lifting yourself what? up and then, <laughs> then falling down, but I'll be there to lift you back up. And, and it was really, I don't know, she was leaving a breadcrumb trail a mile long. Do you, th- but see, I, I, but it, the word, I, I, there may not be that much premeditation, no, but no, it no, awfully, but I'm like, I'm like thinking like, does she, I, 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 I can't, I just can't believe that she was this, she just seemed too innocent. I, 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 I think it's just a coincidence. It's just chilling that it was yeah, or, or, yeah. or just odd. Because she's just a s- simple. I think that's a better word. Yeah. Simple. She's a simple person. I don't mean stupid. I well, just mean she's very simple. I, no, no, no. Person. I think she's kind of dumb, but we'll get there. Well. <laughs> so <laughs> the very next day after the wedding, Jordan is despondent, and she starts texting Kimberly, talking about the wedding night. And here's Kimberly reading the text. I don't know if all this was the right thing to do. So much happened last night. I just don't know. Last night at the wedding or last night at the room? Being married and after the wedding. What happened after? I'd rather talk about what happened, not text about it. She said that it was just a miserable time, that they just really didn't enjoy it. And she just didn't seem very happy. So this goes on for an entire week. Jordan is just like, yeah, the wedding night was terrible. I don't want to talk about it. So he loves her. Yes. He loves her. And she's sobbing, and she comes over to Kim's house, and she's talking about how badly she doesn't want to have sex with Cody. And she's like, I'm going to start using the I'm on my period spiel. I hope that works. And she has nothing but regrets. And I think this woman, at this point, we're learning how incredibly immature she was. You think that's what it was? I think so. When they ask Jeremiah if he thinks they ever consummated the marriage, he doesn't think so. You are just, it's just, I can't. I honestly don't think they did. I think she tried to maybe, I don't even think they had sex on the night of their wedding. She told me no. She said that they hadn't, that um, she she didn't want to. Um, she was nervous about it. There's no words. No, I don't no. know the right words right now. There aren't any. Yeah. So thankfully for Jordan, her wedding woes come to an end eight days later when Cody does not show up for work and his friends and family not Jordan, his new wife of one week, report him missing to the police. This is Sherry Johnson, Cody's mom. What? It was totally out of character for him not to show up at work or come home or go to a friend's house. So Jordan is apparently in a great mood the day after they report Cody missing. Here is her friend turning into former friend Hannah (laughs) talking about her behavior on that day. (laughs) I love Hannah. Yeah. She was hanging out running around, skipping. She was going through the parking lot with her ice cream cone, just happy as can be. Oh, yes. Very happy. She was the happiest I've ever seen her. So Hannah is clearly starting to hate Jordan, I think. Cody was seen the night before at the aforementioned Dairy Queen having dinner with Jordan. And they do that cutaway showing the uh, (laughs) the, the Dairy Queen in the snow. Right, right, right. So Hannah asked Jordan when was the last time she saw Cody. And she said it was when... They got back from the Dairy Queen. She said he went out into the garage, and this is what she told Hannah happened. That he went out to the garage, and she went to see him, and he wasn't there. Um, she said that she seen him leave with some buddies in a black car at Washington Plates. So the cops bring Jordan in to interrogate her and try to find out what's going on with Cody. And here she is. 
Well, he, I got a message saying that he was going to go for a ride with some of his out-of-town buddies that were visiting. I have no idea who they were, but he always told me this one thing is when his friends came to visit, he would take them to Glacier Park. So the vagueness of this statement is so moronic, and her understanding of how the real world works will become so apparent it's ridiculous. Vagueness is the perfect So, So word. friends are in from out of town from Washington State. She's seen them, Washington State license, and he said that if these friends ever came in from out of state, they were going to go to Glacier National Park. So what she's telling them happened, they got back from Dairy Queen, these friends showed up, Cody goes out through the garage, gets His in the car. wife... And never seen him again. They, they, she hasn't seen him since. She doesn't call the cops. Cody's friends and family call the cops. So Jordan tells Hannah that they were not arguing, and she told the cops that they were not arguing, and that everything was fine. But then she tells Kimberly something completely different. So she comes in, and she proceeds to tell me that um, Cody had held her down when they were arguing, and that she got away from him, and he had grabbed his keys and scratched her. So now everyone is gathered at Cody's house trying to find out where he was. They're going through his Facebook. They're checking his credit cards to see if there's any activity. Jordan isn't helping out at all, apparently. At one point, she gets so exasperated with their efforts to find Cody, she takes off her wedding ring and throws it across the room. So what kind of statement is she making when these people are all desperately seeking for Cody, searching for Cody, her husband, and she takes her wedding ring off and throws it across the room? I, I don't know, Jordan. That's going to make you look really, really fishy. I don't. It, it's so immature. What you know what I mean? Well, she's she you you you've just said it. Vagueness and immaturity. She she doesn't want to be married. She yeah. So she's, the idea that she's this ring, you know, this wedding mm -hmm. has brought all this. She's just irritated trauma all of into this her life that uh -huh. she didn't want. She just wanted a pretty party, wear a nice dress, and walk around. That's exactly everybody. what yeah. she wanted. Yeah. So Kimberly goes home the night after the ring throwing incident, and she calls up Jordan asking about her behavior and her contradictory stories. And I really like Kimberly because she says this. I asked, "What is going on? Why are your stories different? Why can't you seem to tell the truth?" And I told her that we were done talking until this was all figured out. So I'm not talking to you, Jordan, until we figure this all out, right? We're, like, this is the, like, we're not friends. Kimberly's spidey sense is going off, I think. So people are now Does starting Jordan to... Does Jordan have... In, in, from the way it was perceived, Jordan didn't have any other friends. Um, I thought she had friends. She wasn't... I thought she well, was... Well, these are the people that were her friends. The, the people well, they're, were they're, they were her friends, but when they're starting to figure out what's going on, that's I think I'm they're saying, not. But that's what I'm saying. She didn't have anybody else. So she's pissing off her allies. Mm -hmm. People are starting to think that maybe Jordan had something to something to do with it. But being the seemingly idiot that she is, she keeps going on about it as though if she can kind of explain it away. Here she is talking to the cops. She couldn't be more disengaged if she tried. I'm getting some inconsistencies in what you're telling me with other information that I've already gathered. Okay, mm -hmm. And I've spoke to a few people, and it's important that I know that you're telling me the truth on things. Five and what I know. Well, I mean, and I understand, understand that, okay? But I think that there's more. So this is where it gets really funny, and this is where her naivete really shines. Out of the blue, Jordan gets this email from a guy who calls himself Tony the Car Man. <laughs> And she runs over to Hannah's That's house, so silly. shows her her phone with the email. Here's Hannah again. Thank you, Hannah. And she says, look, 
I got this email and Cody's dead. And I'm like freaking out, like, what are you talking about? And I read the email and it says, Cody's gone, Jordan. Any emotion? No. She wasn't crying at all. She was just showing me this email and I start shaking. I told her to go to the cops and she did go. Um, but I was kind of just like rushing it, like, go, move. Like, what are you doing? Don't just stand here looking at me. So yeah, just out of the blue in the email saying, don't bother looking for Cody. He's gone. And it's everyone's understanding that this, that Jordan thought that that would be enough to that the cops would just let this go. Didn't didn't the detective say that? And Here, a friend here's said Detective that. Corey Clark from Clisbell. Oh my god, it's funny. The email that she provided to us stated that these unknowns that he had taken off with, as well as this Tony person, had seen him fall from a cliff, or at least at the very least disappear, and that she was giving, given explicit instructions to tell the police to call off the search. There was no more need to search for him. And I think at that point she expected us to just walk away from it. So yeah, she's like, so she's been instructed by Tony, the car guy, the car man, to tell the detectives to call off the search that Cody's gone and they're no longer needed. She it's thinks that terrifying. the cops are actually going to, they're going to be like, huh, Clay, case closed. She had Tony, the car guy, said he's gone. We don't have to worry about it anymore. So she's looking worse and worse for the crime. So two days after she gets this email, Jordan organizes her own search party and it includes Kimberly. So Kimberly Hannah and a few other people are heading up to the mountain to the Glacier National Park. And this is Hannah describing the drive up to the Glacier National Park. They make two trips. This is the first one. The drive up there was her waving her hand out the window, her wearing his sunglasses, acting like nothing happened, dancing, laughing. So Jordan couldn't have been happier. She's, she's doing that, that she, thing out the window when you let your hand ride the wind. She's driving up. She's just driving up the mountain. She's just going out for a day out. Whistling, sun. singing along to the radio. So I get the feeling when nothing came of it and Jordan's getting kind of hassled. They're like, we should go back up, Jordan. It's like, well, we tried yesterday. And they're like, we're going again. She's fine. So they go up the second day and this is what happens. Um, I remember passing so many roads and so many trails and that this that he could have fell off of. And I was like, what about here? What about here, Jordan? Like, let's go here. And she's like, no, I just know this spot where I just think that he is. We have to go. They drive to an area known as the Loop, where there is a sheer 300-foot drop with the safety wall. And we stand there, and she's like, I think he's down there. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why would he ever be going down there? Why would anybody do that? This wall is here for a reason. She knew exactly how to get down there. She did it like a pro. And Jordan quickly spots a body lying at the bottom of the ravine. And she's like, there he is, I see him. There he is. And I was like, what? I was like, no way. I was like, no way. So suddenly she's magically like, we're not going to go here. We're not going to go there. I just feel like he's going to be at this one spot. Oh. And, and I feel like after she did that first day of, of investigating, she thought that was going to be enough, just like That's with like the, the cops. Sc it's like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, but she was sort of like, uh, so, okay, we looked for him. We didn't find him, Hannah. And Hannah's like, we're going back up. That that park is 400,000 acres. We <laughs> went over to, really? It's All right, so let's ridiculous. go again. And this time she just like, fine. 
I think he's going to be at the loop trail, and I don't know, it's just a hunch. There he is! So they get to the spot, and, and she goes off trail, and there's a safety wall for a... This, take it away. Make, that, a lot of that did not make sense, even though I tried to figure it out. So, it doesn't make sense because it it she's trying to yeah. shoehorn a story into a thing that doesn't make sense. Go Take it away, Hannah. Um, I remember passing so many roads and so many trails and that this that he could have fell off of. And I was like, what about here? What about here, Jordan? Like, let's go here. And she's like, no, I just know this spot where I just think that he is. We have to go. And she's like, there he is. I see him. There he is. And I was like, what? I was like, no way. I was like, no way. So they alert the authorities and they arrive. And Jordan tells the detective that the Holy Spirit guided her to that spot. <laughs> the look on his face. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad they got him. Oh, no, I do. One of the things she said was that the Holy Spirit led her to know where he was. And that's how she found him. So the detective, along with the other members of the police force, make their way down this very precipitous climb to the now, bottom of the say, cliff. I want to interrupt you. Uh-huh. Two things. Yeah. One... Good company in the car. I really don't have a concept of things. Mm-hmm. And I honestly asked Kevin, so there's no way you could live from that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, they, they've said repeatedly and with authority that it is a 300-foot drop. That's the equivalent of a 30-story building. And when Kevin said it's a, the equivalent, I was like, okay, but there's still no way. Yeah. Because I just don't have a concept. I don't. But I guess under the circumstances there, you know, I, I do understand it. But somehow in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, you could possibly, it's possible. But no, there, at there any wasn't. Rate. And there, there was a, as Hannah mentioned, there's a security wall and it's there for a reason. You don't go over it. And, you know, Jordan just climbs over it like she does it every other day, gets over and leans down. There he is, just in her voice. There he is. <laughs> so the detectives and the uh, other police make their way down and they describe the scene. In this pristine area at the bottom of a waterfall, you know, with a huge cliff looming above him and uh, just his body floating in the, in the water there and uh, in a place that was so remote, I don't think there probably had humans had ever been there. All right, Captain Scott from the Kalispell Police Department describes what Cody's body looks like after falling for 300 feet, the equivalent of 30 stories. Anytime you're having to recover a body um, that has fallen... 300 plus feet off a cliff um, it's not good so the, the body itself um, definitely had uh, damage it was very interesting to me that they can determine scientifically his arms were damaged and his head was so damaged. They, well they speculated that, that that he went down first they weren't positive but they think right from the the, they couldn't say with absolute authority, but of they said it looked not. like. But scientifically, this they could recreate how the injuries happened. Yeah, he didn't have any, like his legs weren't broken. Right. And so that is absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. to me that they were like, well, this is what happened. So naturally, his family and all of his friends are devastated by the news. The cockamamie story about him going hiking in National Park with his friends from Washington has gone up in smoke. And. Um, here's Cody's mom. She's still absolutely devastated to this day. Cody Johnson is a kind, loving, wonderful young man that I miss a lot. And he was um, a wonderful person, and he did not deserve this. 
kind of a life. He did not deserve to be murdered. I knew you wouldn't like this next part. They're interviewing Jeremiah and um, his friend who likes cars, and he gets kind of emotional, and they stop filming, and I'm like, Jack's not going to like this. <laughs> and he's going to—you thought it was kind of hokey. I, I thought—well, what I thought was, if if this is a legitimate break—because you can't—it's not close in. You can't really see. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, but I thought—one of two things. If this is real, that is really— s- shitty of them to have recorded that Mm -hmm. the way the reporter sits down next to him and kind of like yeah man like you know like he's like yeah yeah but the the poor guy he just this is a vulnerable moment yeah and they could have given they still filmed it yeah i agree here's a little more hannah she mentioned now that we have the body we can have the funeral and the cops can be out of it so, yeah, uh, Jordan could not have been more wrong. She figures the cops can, we've got the body, we've got the funeral, the cops can be out of it now. So she thinks the investigation is just going to stop. So now Hannah and Kimberly start talking shit about their former friend <laughs> and Jordan and her behavior at her husband's funeral. Unbelievable. She's the widow, and she's up front texting her little friend that she's sitting next to, and her mom and dad are in tears. While people were talking about him and, you know, like... The funeral service is going on, and she was on her phone. I was upset about Cody's funeral, but I was furious at her. I couldn't even think about anything else but what was going on with her. And it was that behavior at that moment that made Kimberly positive that she did it. I was absolutely positive that she she did it. Everybody was looking at her like, you did this. Everybody knew. So those two are furious with her. Hannah and Kimberly now are like, you fucking bitch. The, if you could see, if you actually watch the video, the look on their faces at this point, they're furious with her. And they're like, she, she's done it. So the cops have traced the email that Jordan had received from Tony, the car guy. And it was from Jordan's stepfather's computer. And they realized that Jordan had actually sent it. She also claims that she wasn't with Cody the night that he went missing. But being the idiot that she is, she didn't realize there were security cameras at the National Park. Her cell phone is pinging. So the FBI arrest Jordan after the funeral. They, They did her a solid. And here's FBI Special Agent Stephen List. He looks like death warmed over, yeah, but he describes uh, her behavior when she's arrested. She was brought into the uh, Kalispell Police Department, and she stood in a room with me and two other federal agents, and she was informed she was under, the, under arrest for the murder of her husband. She didn't even flinch. There wasn't even an emotion. So she admits that the marriage was an unhappy one. Eight days. And that maybe they should have waited. Eight days. And she said on the night that Cody went missing, they had been arguing. And she says, this makes no sense. We're having an argument. Let's go and take this argument up to the Glacier National Park and go for a walk at night. Uh And she starts talking about how she didn't want to go on the loop trail because she thought he might fall. But she's the one who wanted to go. This is where all of it makes no sense. I feel like she's gotten away with like, I'll just say whatever and it works most of the time for me. People don't question me. I make up lies all the time. So. It's just ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. See, and we get this gibberish about Cody bragging that he could wear a blindfold. He knows the place so well and he could walk around and never fall off the cliff. It makes no sense. Take it away, Jordan. I didn't want to do that trail because I was afraid he could have 
fallen. He said, I could do this with a blindfold on. And he said, I could just put it on, take a step, but I wouldn't even fall. And it kept going through my head that, you know, you are going to fall or something. And then we were arguing some more. And he went to grab my arm or my jacket. And I said, no, I'm going to defend myself. So I kind of let go and I pushed and he went over. So if I heard that correctly... She goes from describing him boasting about walking around with the blindfold on and not following, <laughs> but not falling, to her suddenly getting in a fight with him, and then when he's not looking, she pushes him off the cliff, and then so she he walked off, she pushed him off, then she did it in a fit of rage. It wasn't premeditated, which it clearly seems like it was. I just it doesn't, and it makes. Zero sense. Right. This is zero the sense. This is where she confesses to the detective that Jordan's back was actually turned to her. He's facing the cliff, and in the heat of the moment, she pushed him. So he would have fallen face first down the hill. Why did you continue to turn around and then push him off? I think it's because emotions were running so high. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was. I was every emotion I could ever think of, all at once. And I've never felt like that before. I've never so she was charged with first degree murder they think they talked to some of the guys at his church and they said that the day he went missing cody was in a really good mood he said that jordan had a surprise Surprise for him him. and a bunch of them were like uh and and the investigators speculated because they found what looked like a blindfold at the crime scene that she was going to be like, you know, we're going to have a sexy little fun time, and I'm going to put a blindfold on you, and then I, we're going to do something sexy up in the the mountain. And that's they figured that's what it was, oh. but they could never prove it. Um, I think that's what happened. Well, him, that they were saying that, yeah, the, finally he was going to get the, you know, he was going to get his his because uh, they've never had sex consummate his marriage, right? They were and then they're like, consum- that that's the only way that that would make days. sense that they got him up there and we're we're going to play sexy time. I'm going to blindfold you. She does that and then she pushes him off the cliff. I just don't. Un- there's an absolutely. Nothing makes sense about this. Makes sense about this. So at first she pleads not guilty, but when she is presented with this mountain of evidence, she takes a plea deal right before it was going to go before the jury, and she takes a thirty-year. She gets a thirty-year sentence for second-degree murder with no chance of parole. Thirty years for this stunt, this stunt for this murder. Really. So to this day, Cody's mom is all of us. Why did she get married? Why did she go all of this and then she murders him? Why did she do it? If she didn't love him, why did she get married? Why did she say yes to the proposal? That's still the question in my mind to, to this day is why. And and that's it. That's the creepy it, tale it, of the eight-day marriage no of sense. Cody. She was, he was a beloved guy. Everybody loved him. Everybody liked her. Mm. They got together. He asks her to marry him. She says yes for, I'm assuming for the attention, maybe for the, and I'm thinking if you're this, if you're this, I don't want to say self-centered. I don't know if that's not the right word. Throw yourself a party. Just throw yourself a party. (laughs) I, I think it was the allure. I think she was one of those girls who idealized the idea of having a wedding 
but didn't really think through marriage. And, these, and she was wonder, maybe wondering if this might be my only chance. I'm going to take it. At 21. At 21 in Kalispell. But maybe that's what it was. I, that's are, the only way I can think about good it. good kids. No problem. Even, you know, he never got in trouble. No. These were both good kids. So for her to go that drastically off like that the was rails. How she thought about it. And she's pushed him off a cliff. And then she's walking on. And then she is on cloud nine. You know, earlier, I'm not on cloud nine. She And people are like, I've never seen her happier. Right. Never seen her happier. And that's kind of ghoulish because... You know, it's Cody, horrible. her boyfriend of over a year, she's pushed off a cliff and is dead in that ravine at the bottom of that cliff. It's it's gruesome. And there's absolutely no reason. There was no financial. There's no... Mention of the you insurance. You know me. The first thing I said, the first thing I said to Kevin was her life insurance nope. money. Nope. They, there was no mention of it. There was no mention of money. The only there, motive she property, had was to nothing. get out of, a, of, of that, you know, and but she didn't get a divorce. And maybe oh. for religious reasons, she didn't thought that was she, bad. If they ever consummated the marriage, you could have had it annulled. Yeah, yeah. And but, it never existed. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just doesn't... It's so sad that this is her thought process at 21 years old. It's okay. It's so sad. I was not able to find a mugshot. No. I was not able to find anything about her in prison. So she is definitely low under the radar yeah. at this point. Yeah, It's so sad. It's, it's just very so sad. sad. This so, is a very messed up one. The, like... Even with the other ones, even no matter how crazy they are, you're like, well, yeah, sometimes I can there's a little follow sense. a line of <laughs> if it's insurance money, then I get the evil. But this one was weird. Well, but I think the the two takeaways we can get from this is: do not get married for marriage's sake, uh, and Jack, do not buy an RV because it's not going to be anything <laughs> like what you think it's going to be. <laughs> Very true. Thank you for listening. Or a warning. That someday. <laughs>